Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us right here for the Active Church Podcast. We believe that you can tell a better story and we are so glad you are engaging with our content today. You're about to hear from one of our incredible teaching pastors and we hope that you'll be impacted by this message. Thanks again for being with us. Welcome to Active Church, everybody. My name is Mike. I serve as the lead pastor here, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for the final week of a series called In Our Messy World. And we've been running with this idea that the world is messy and God is speaking into our messy world. And through all of the noise, when we prioritize his voice to be the loudest and the strongest and the truest in our life, we can tell a better story. And God will take the mess that we've made and he will turn it into a powerful message. And if you wanna prioritize the voice of God in your life today, I wanna invite you to do one simple thing. I wanna invite you to pay attention to the voices of wisdom around you. Now it sounds simple, doesn't it? But the truth is you and I make it really, really complicated because we often will receive wisdom. And when we receive that wisdom, we base it upon the person and not the information that they're sharing with us. The advice given by someone, we will often discount because of that someone. We'll listen to those that are close to us, but we may not listen to those that are not so close to us. But if we wanna prioritize the voice of God in our life, we need to pay attention to all voices of wisdom. Now here's what you and I know because we're smart, we're self-aware, we're mature, that advice should be judged more on its merit than on its source. It should be judged more on its merit rather than just on its source. You and I have relationships and we have friendships with people who have great influence over us, great influence over the things that we do, and often we will discount the wisdom that they share with us based upon them rather than that information that could actually help us to make a better decision. And here's why all of that is important. Because God is speaking in our messy world, and he will use the people around you to speak to you. And the reason why he's choosing to speak to you through those people around you is to protect you from those moments where you potentially might mess it up, or those moments where you have messed it up, and God is going to help bring hope into that story. The reality is, is that anytime we make a mess, it affects those that we love. It doesn't just affect us. And because God loves us, he wants to help us out of that mess. And again, turn that mess into a powerful message. And he uses the people around us to speak to us. And a big reason why you are where you are is because somebody in your life spoke up and gave you wisdom. And I wanna invite you to pay attention to the voices of wisdom around you. Those that are closest to you, those that are not so close to you. Most people, before they did something messy, they were warned. Most people, the worst decision that they've ever made, they were told about how they're gonna get there soon and somebody spoke up to them. This is why the habit of listening to the voices of wisdom around us is so essential. Now, all of this information may not be shocking or new to you. And so what I want to do today is I want to invite you to pay attention to the voices of wisdom, 
by sharing a story that's a true story of someone who is choosing to figure life out, figure God out, and try to lead others well. And I'm hoping that this true story in the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament in the Bible, I'm hoping that it will soften your resistance to hearing wisdom, not just from those that you love, but from those that you're learning to love. To hear wisdom, not just from those that are close to you, but for those and from those that are not so close to you. And so if you have a Bible with you or the Bible app near you, would you turn to the document of 1 Kings chapter 11 in the Bible? And as you're turning there, I want to set the scene for you. This story revolves around the fourth king of Israel. There was Saul, there was David, there was Solomon, and then Solomon's son was going to take over after Solomon passed away. And his name is Reboam. Now, in order to fully understand this story, I need to introduce you to somebody else. His name is Jeroboam. And you might ask, well, who is Jeroboam? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Let me tell you a little bit about him. The writer of 1 Kings chapter 11, starting in verse 28, introduces Jeroboam this way, that he was a man of standing. And when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force. Now, this is like a cabinet position in our time. He was in charge of over 150,000 people, all workers that helped build this kingdom. And one day he's running an errand for the king outside of the city and something really odd happens. The writer tells us that a prophet met him on the way out of town towards Jerusalem. And this prophet begins to speak to Jeroboam and he takes off his coat and he rips it into 12 different pieces. And he gives 10 of those pieces to Jeroboam and he keeps two of the pieces. And then he says, on behalf of God, here's what God is saying to you and to Solomon and to the nation of Israel. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and I'm gonna give you 10 tribes. And of course, this is an intriguing moment for Jeroboam, but it's also intriguing for us why is this happening? Well, here's why. Because Solomon, who was the king of Israel and did honor God for a large portion of his life, he became more of a pagan king at the end of his life, meaning that he incorporated worship not just to the one true God, but he actually would build places of worship, temples for all of the gods. Suddenly his faith wasn't about a commitment to the one true God, but it was about convenience to all gods because he didn't want to upset anyone. And because of this decision, he didn't lead like a man of God. He actually led like every other king. His servants suddenly were treated like slaves. And this prophet says that God was all done with that. And he tells Jeroboam that God will not take the whole kingdom, meaning that Jeroboam, you're going to rule 10 of the tribes, and Solomon or his future son will rule too. And so of course, this is super intriguing to him. He's fascinated by this really extraordinary interaction with this prophet. And so he begins to tell people about it. And the word gets back to Solomon. And Solomon does what all kings would do during that time. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam. And Jeroboam fled to Egypt. And he stayed there until Solomon's death. And when Solomon died, the assumption was that Rehoboam was actually going to take over as king. 
And we're told in 1 Kings chapter 12, starting in verse 1, that Rehoboam went to Shechem. And all of the Israelites had gone there to make him king. And when Jeroboam heard this, he returned to Egypt too, or from Egypt too. And so they sent for Jeroboam. And he and the whole assembly of Israel went to see Rehoboam. And they made him a request. They asked, if you're going to lead us, we have one thing that we would request of you as king. And here's the request. Your father put a heavy burden on us, but now if you will lighten the harsh labor, we will serve you. We really want to serve you and we want to do it willingly and we'll do it for the rest of our lives. But our request is that you would make things less harsh. And so Reboam makes a really good decision, actually two really good decisions. The first is that he sends the people away for three days so that he can consider this. He gives himself time to process. And the second is that he consulted the elders who served his father for years, the ones that knew about how the kingdom worked. He looked for wisdom. And here's what you and I know, especially if you're a boss or if you're a leader, you need wisdom as a boss or a leader because you don't always know what's going on around you, right? Even though you're the leader. And so Reboam wanted to get the real info, how to lead well. These were two really good decisions. And so he sat down with the elders first, these older men that have led with his dad for years. And he said, how would you advise me to answer these people? And they responded with these words. If today you will be a servant to these people and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. If you serve the people that will serve you, it will go well for you. You want to have a united kingdom. This is what we would invite you to do, to put their interests ahead of your own. It sounds very much like something that Jesus said to you and to me from the scriptures. This was a very godly decision. But Rehoboam, as he heard these words, we're told he thought a couple of different thoughts. The first was this. What do these men know? What do they know? They're only trying to share with me what they feel like would be the best way. But what do they really know? They're old. They don't understand me. And we're told that he discounts their wisdom based upon who they are, not necessarily on the information that they have just given him. And the writer tells us that Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him. And friends, it was what he needed to hear. It was just not what he wanted to do, but their wisdom was going to get him to where he wanted to be, a king over a united kingdom. Did you know that there are people around you that have advice that can get you to where you want to be? And did you know that God has positioned people of wisdom around you and they're waiting for you to ask them for their wisdom? And did you know that we will often discount the advice of those people because they haven't been where we've been? They haven't walked in our shoes. They haven't been a business owner. They haven't been a parent. They haven't been a leader. They haven't been where you've been. They don't understand you. And often what we will do is discount the information that they're sharing with us, which actually might be good information based upon who they are and where they've been. 
There is someone that can get you to where you want to be. And for Rehoboam, he wanted a united kingdom. And these men were going to get him there, but he chose not to listen. And he did what most of us do. He found people that will tell him what he wanted to hear. And listen, that's the quickest way to discount the voice of God in your story. Surrounding yourself with people that will tell you what you want to hear is the quickest way to ignore what God is saying to you. So question, I want you to ponder this. Whose advice are you currently ignoring? Who in your life are you currently saying that they don't have wisdom for you? Now, let's be really honest about this. It might be bad advice and it's good that you're ignoring it. But is there someone in your story that has given you good wisdom and you've decided not to listen to them based upon where they've been and they haven't walked in your shoes? Friend, that could be potentially the voice of God speaking to you in our messy world. And you might ask, how do I know if it's the voice of God? Well, here's how you know. Pay attention to the narrative that you give yourself about that person and about their advice. If something in you says, what could they possibly know about this? then it's time to hit pause because perhaps they know a lot about the thing that you are considering and God is using them to speak to you. Two years ago, my youngest daughter came to us and said that she wanted to play basketball. And so we signed her up for the local basketball leagues and the first team that she was on, the coach of the team had a daughter on the team and he was just one man and he had nine girls that he was teaching how to dribble and pass and see the court and One night at basketball practice, he was doing a great job of showing them what it looks like to get the easiest basket. But because he's only one guy, he needed some help. And so he turned to me and he said, hey, Mike, would you mind coaching with me in this moment? And I said, absolutely. And so I got out on the court and we helped these girls dribble and we helped these girls see the court and help these girls pass and get the easiest shot. Now, what these girls didn't know and what the coach didn't know and what a lot of you don't know is that I'm not really athletic. I've talked about it a little bit, but I'm not really athletic. I'm pretty okay when it comes to a pickup game. I'm terrible in a real game and I've never actually played basketball on a team before. I was cut three times in high school. I didn't make the team. But you know what was fascinating about that night? As the parents started showing up, Not one of those parents took me aside and asked me what what my credentials were. Not one of those parents asked me if I've ever played basketball before. They saw what was happening. They saw their daughter growing as an athlete, growing as a basketball player. And not one of them pulled me aside and said, you can't be out here because you've never played before. And yet, this is what we do in real life, in our lives. We discount the information that somebody is sharing with us because they haven't been where we've been before. And yet their information, their wisdom, their advice actually might be a game changer for us. And that's what's happening in this story with Rehoboam. We're told that Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders and he consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He surrounded himself with people that needed something from him. So they were going to tell him what he wanted to hear. And so he asked, what is your advice? And their advice was not strong. Their advice was not like the advice that the older men gave him. And he began to listen to them rather than listening to the wisdom of those that had spent time 
with his father and could get him to where he wanted to be. Now, if you've never heard this story before, you are probably guessing that this is not going to end up well because you know better and you've seen this before in life. But isn't it fascinating that we could identify this, that we could know better and yet we still do this? You know this story isn't gonna end up well for Ray Boehm, so let me, let me ask you to pause for a moment and instead of saying, I know this isn't gonna end up well, I wanna ask you to use this story as a mirror for your life. Are you doing the same thing? Have you made a decision and you just haven't reaped the consequences of it yet? Or are you seeking out wisdom and you've already dismissed certain people because you just don't want to hear their advice based upon where they have been? And you doing that? Maybe that's why you haven't heard from God in a long time. And so Reboam asks his friends for wisdom, for advice, and they respond with these words, tell the nation of Israel that my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. A really strange thing to talk about, a really strange statement to make, but here's what they're implying. If you were overweight in this time, it was one of the many signs that you actually had resource. And because Solomon was the king, he was overweight because he had food. He could buy food anytime he wanted to. And what they're saying to this man, Reboam, and they want him to say to the nation of Israel is this, you thought my father was, was tough? You ain't seen nothing yet. And they said, my, here's what you should say to the nation of Israel. My father laid on you a heavy burden and I will make it heavier. My father scourged you with whips and I will scourge you with scorpions. In other words, he treated you like slaves. I'm gonna treat you like criminals. And so Reboam brings this information back to the nation of Israel. He meets with them three days later and he shares this with them and he permanently undermines what he wants most in the future, a united kingdom. And they respond with a prepared statement because they assume that Reboam was gonna say this. And at the end of that prepared statement, they said these words to their future king, go and look after your own house. In other words, Reboam, go rule yourself. You will not rule us. And then they went home. Now, after a couple of days, Reboam thought they're gonna calm down, they're gonna be fine, and I'm gonna still get my way. And so we're told that he sent out someone in charge of the labor force. And as this man walked through the city and began to demand of things, we're told that Israel and all of the people stoned him to death. And it was their way of saying, we're not working for you. You didn't listen to us. It's all about you. And because of this one decision and ignoring the wisdom of these elders based upon who they are rather than the information that they shared, everything fell apart. And the story ends with these words, Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. They were weakened, they were divided, they were vulnerable, and they were seen as invaluable. Just like you and I, when we refuse to listen to the voices of wisdom around us, those closest to us and those not so close to us, those that we love, those that we are learning to love, they potentially discounted the voice of God and you and I are potentially discounting the voice of God when we choose to not listen to the wisdom around us. It's a question for you. Who has access to you? 
Who in your life has access to your life? Who are you giving permission to speak into your life? Who are you going to? Those close to you, those not so close to you that you could say, hey, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And the reason why we don't do that is because we already know what they're going to say. The reason why we don't do that is because we don't want to do what they're going to tell us to do. The reason why we don't ask those questions or want people close to us is because we don't want anybody up in our business. But the truth is, when we ask these questions, we are inviting people into our business. And we're inviting them to speak into our life because there is someone in our life that can get us to where we want to be. And we don't want to make terrible private decisions because those terrible private decisions will influence us publicly. Private decisions never stay private. You know, earlier this year at the beginning of the pandemic, I was personally, mentally struggling. Felt overwhelmed, felt anxiety, felt stressed, and felt the weight of the role that I get to play at Active and as the role I get to play at home. And I felt overwhelmed and it was not good. And here's what I didn't do. I didn't tell anybody except for my wife. And at the encouragement of my wife to talk with people that are close to me and maybe not so close to me, I chose to keep it to me. And then there was one night where my wife went and hung out with some friends from our connection group. And it was a lot of the wives, a lot of the females in the group. And so they had a, a great time. And then she came home and I asked her how it went. And she smiled and she looked at me and she said, well, you might like this or you might not, but I outed you. And I said, what do you mean you outed me? And she said, I shared with our friends after some poking and some prodding and some encouragement. I shared with my friends that you were spinning a bit in your mind and that you were struggling in your heart. And I remember sitting silently listening to her and I said out loud, that was the right thing to do because she made a decision that I was unwilling to make probably because I'm prideful, I'm selfish, I got an ego and I was embarrassed didn't want to talk about it. And so two of those friends that she spoke to, they spent some time with me and encouraged me and they helped me to get out of my funk. And that was so helpful for me. And I'm so thankful for my wife because she saw something that was itty bitty, really small that could turn into something really huge if I let it. Often, we don't talk to people because of our ego. We've convinced ourselves that we want to be successful and being successful means that you do it on your own. Listen, success is intoxicating, but success doesn't make you smart. It makes you careless because you stop caring about the decisions you're making and you eventually will surround yourself with people that will tell you what you want to hear and that is the quickest way to discount the voice of God in your life. Friends, somebody can see what you can't see. Somebody has words for what you don't have words for. Somebody in your life, God has placed in your life because they can get you from where you are to where you want to be. And so what if this week, because we want to hear the voice of God, what if this week we adopted this phrase, you and I, we committed to this. I will not automatically discount advice based upon the source of the advice. I will not automatically discount advice based upon who's sharing it, 
but I will listen to the advice and consider that advice. Look for the wisdom. Look for what's godly. Look for the better story. Look for the voice of God because it might just be the voice of God speaking to you. Now, this doesn't mean we take all advice. That's not what this invitation is, but it is an invitation that we pay attention to the voices of wisdom around us because our world is messy and God is speaking through all the noise to you. The question is, are you listening? Let me pray for you. God, we know that you're speaking and you have shared with us over the last few weeks how you are speaking to us in extraordinary ways through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the pages of the Bible, through our own personal narratives and through the relationships we have with people around us. And God, may we not discount the wisdom that's being shared based upon the person, but rather we would pay attention to the information, to the advice, and then take that into account as we begin to step into the next decisions that we can tell a better story. God, thank you for taking our mess and turning it into a message because of Jesus. And we pray all of these things in his name. And together we say amen and amen and amen.
hope you enjoy the Active Church podcast. If you want to know more about Active Church, you can follow us on our social media platforms at Active Churches. Don't forget to subscribe as well to stay connected to future podcasts. And if you are a local to the Redlands or Ukaipa area, we would love for you to experience the room with us. Sunday services are 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. in Ukaipa and 10 a.m. in Redlands. See you next time.